Hello everyone, it's Olga Zar from SEO Sly. Welcome to SEO Podcast by SEO Sly. Today I have a guest, very interesting one, Mark. Mark, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Can you briefly introduce yourself to the audience in case someone doesn't know you? Yes, I'm Mark A. Preston. I'm a SEO trainer, speaker and advisor. And I uh, basically help businesses and companies and agencies to gen drive leads and sales through the power of SEO and content. Okay, I would love to start as usually with getting to know your story of SEO, your beginnings and what brought you to SEO. Can you tell me when you started doing SEO? Yes, I started back in 2001 before I actually understand what I was doing were called SEO. Mm -hmm. I was, um, my my history uh, is a mechanical engineer, but then... I basically started something online and um, started building websites just for myself. I needed Mm -hmm. to understand how to get people to the website to basically drive leads through the websites. And um, in the first three to five years, I built up about 100 100 to 120 websites, uh, all generating leads for businesses. Um, that I sold, as well as in um, the, it, it were it were a bit it were a bit of a um, an understanding of what works and what doesn't uh-huh. back then, and uh, so but mainly I was uh, selling leads through my own website to uh, businesses in then different industries. Okay, okay. And can you tell me, like, the technology you were using back then, how were you building those sites? Just purely HTML, just page after page. It was nothing nothing fancy. It was just raw HTML, Dreamweaver stuff. Okay. I still kind of remember those times. Yeah, I I was playing with building sites around that time as well. Yeah, one advantage, they were very fast. That's like no one even was thinking about speed and things like that back then, even though the internet was so much slower. And what can you share what type of businesses you are building those sites for? Well, it wasn't businesses. They were my websites, just pick industries. So like just random industries like um, flat pack builders. Um, I had a music website. I had um, one for electricians, one for um, carpenters, just lots and lots of different industries. And you were generating leads and, or was it like affiliate marketing or just generating well, I had, leads? I and... had a few affiliate links in, mainly AdSense back then. Uh-huh. Uh, but my intention was not originally to set up this business to sell leads. My intention was just to set some websites up so I could test things on. Okay. And I, I, I ended up driving getting them ranked very well and driving all these leads to them and then i thought well no i can't go out and build these this furniture 
but maybe other people who are doing that job can. And that's how I started the idea. That's interesting. And can you tell me more or less what type of traffic you were receiving to like one of the best sites back then? Oh, I, I, to be honest with you, I, I can't remember. Uh huh. I just, just remember generating, uh, just lots of leads every day. Uh huh. Yeah. Back then. Okay. And, and what about SEO? Like what techniques were you using back then? Well, it, it's not really changed how I do things as I do today. Uh -huh. It's basically understanding what's important to the audience, writing a page around that topic and, you know, getting just, it just ranks linking everything together properly. Uh -huh. And um, basically it's not, it, obviously there were all different tactics back then, but I tended to look at what everybody else was doing and thought, well, instead of just copying what everyone else is doing, I want to beat them. So what do I need to do? How can I be different? Mm -hmm. And I, I, it was around content because I needed to get not pe just people to visit the page. I need people to convert and drive the leads. So I had to write the content in such a way that it's not only going to get ranked, but it's actually going to convert and drive mm. the lead. So you were like a modern thinker back then, I would say. Yeah, I'd, I'd say different. Uh -huh, <laughs> different. Yeah, sure. Okay. So you started with building those sites and what happened next? What was uh, next? Yeah, I, I made quite a bit of money doing that then. One day, for some unknown reason, I decided to set an agency up because lots of people were seeing what I was doing and saying, well, can you do that for our business? And the next thing I know, I'd set my first agency up. Uh -huh. And, um, you know, I've, yeah, throughout the years, I've done um, agencies. I built up um, a digital marketing franchise myself. Okay. I... I've done training, uh, speaking. I've do, I've done lots of things. I've worked as head of SEO, in-house and agency. So you could say I'm very much rounded. Oh yeah, I did a stint of freelancing as well. So mm -hmm. so that in a nutshell, you could say what what everybody else is doing, I've probably done. Okay, so can you tell me like your experiences with being an agency owner? How many agencies did you have? The first one was probably about more about building sites, right? Yes. Uh, the first one was a mixture of uh, web design and SEO marketing. Uh -huh. So, yeah, I mean, that I, I ended up having offices in Scotland and in England. Okay. Um, I had probably had a team of about, I'd say, 20 people altogether and um, I generate you know I generated some good business and what what happened with that agency is it still kind of working or you, you no it's in the 2008 2000 2007 2008 recession mm -hmm. um, I made a promise to all my staff to say I'm gonna try and keep you in the job to my last penny 
and that's what happened okay i understand and what happened next what was your next kind of well basically i lost everything uh-huh and um and i just went freelance for a bit okay I get it. I'm just curious because your path is very, as you said, you tried different things, different perspectives. I'm very like curious to learn more about this. Like, can you also share, for example, the companies you worked for? Because you said you work in-house, you were head of SEO. All right. Um, on the, yeah. When, when I run the agencies, I work with businesses of all sizes. Um, mm-hmm. I work very, a lot in the white label space. So I worked in conjunction with agencies on massive brand websites and the small, uh, small businesses as well. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, same with freelancing, you know, I'd work with a variety of businesses, not one type of business, because if I just work with one type or one size of business, I'd never expand my knowledge. More. And now you said you were an SEO trainer. Can you tell me more about this? What types of trainings you do? What yeah, I'd, I'd say fifty um, percent is based on techniques. Mm-hmm. The other fifty percent, it's really based on changing the mindset of the teams. It's about understanding the business and helping them to put different systems in place, processes, um, just tweaking their structure so Mm -hmm. they can do their jobs better. Mm -hmm. And so it's in both agency side and in-house side. Can you share more about the types of, um, some examples from what, how did you want to change the mindset, in what directions, what issues you See what problems do you experience? Do you see people experience? It's a case of asking the team what their job roles are, mm-hmm. what they do, but then I sit down and ask them to. Um, I want to understand why they're doing it. Now, mm-hmm. if they can't explain why they're doing what they're doing, they're in the wrong mindset because. they'll probably be focusing on the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. So if I need to understand first the team and what mindset they're in and how they're thinking about SEO Mm -hmm. before I can start going in to see if it needs tweaking and changing and getting the people to think in the right way. Mm -hmm. But realistically, it's all about the team understanding the why and yeah. Personally, I've found a lot of teams don't understand the true why, just mm-hmm. think, well, I need to do X, Y, Z. And about processes, like what flaws do you see people having process in their SEO processes, like the most common ones? Well, basically, it, it's about, I see um, P, uh, SEOs doing things that doesn't necessarily result in the biggest impact. Mm-hmm. So they'll spend a lot of time tweaking things that, yes, it looks good to tweak, but it's not moving the needle. 
um, what I need to do is understand, how, you know, get them to understand like the priority list, like these things here will get you further towards the goal you're going for faster than doing all these things over here. And that's what I find is most common. Uh, people, people, I find teams don't understand what to prioritize because often they don't yeah. understand what impact something's going to make. And can you give like specific example of some of the things that people can focus on in their processes, things that do not necessarily move the needle and things they should be focusing on instead? Yeah, I mean, the, it, it does obviously vary from business to business, yeah, yeah. agency to agency. But say, for instance, the content team, right? Just to give a, a scenario, um, I've been into a business where I've trained the content team and the content team have been doing the research thinking, well, all these people are searching all these things relating to our industry. Let's write all these things. But when I got them to think about what they're writing and list the, the, the topics in order of the sales funnel, they suddenly realized that what they was writing was in after sales content. Okay. Yeah. Now that's once because I, I get thing and that's what where I mean about changing the mindset of people. And so then but suddenly until I've mapped it out until, until I've got them to list it down and look at the sales funnel, I said, well, what are you doing? You're doing a very, very good job at servicing your competitors' customers. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> really good one. Okay. So you said you're doing SEO trainings. They are also doing speaking. Can you tell me what conferences are you going to? You have recently been to. Yeah. Um, well, I'm part of a, um, a professional speakers mastermind group. Mm -hmm. So a lot of speaking things I do is in the corporate world. Mm -hmm. So I don't I don't do very much at all in at marketing conferences. Okay. Mainly because they don't pay. <laughs> in yeah, um, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So so I, I tend to do um, like franchise events, business mm -hmm. events, um, corporate events, in house, that type of thing. So where okay. it's in the professional speaking environment and you know the it, it's it's seen seen as a job but and i'm thinking that i've always been in the mindset of being different uh -huh. with when i was writing i see speaking no different and i'll give you a scenario on this yeah sure. uh, years back when everybody and anybody in the seo world were trying to beg search engine land to get them to write an article for them yeah i didn't bother i instead approached a local uh, business newspaper and says can i be a monthly columnist in your newspaper uh -huh. and that's what i did so the audience would write in with SEO marketing questions and every month I'd do a column around it. That column 
generated me a lot of business. Why? Because the audience was potential customers. And yeah. it's same with speaking. I don't want to really to speak at SEO conferences and marketing conferences. I want to be at business events and conferences. Okay, that, that's interesting. Can you name some example conferences you, you were to, like those business types of conferences? Well, it, it's, it's not like in the SEO space, like Brighton SEO. Uh -huh. They are um, corporate events. Okay. So like franchise events, for instance. And how, how big are they? How many speakers well, so, are there? I mean, it, it varies. Some can be only a couple of hundred people. Some can be up to 5,000 people. Okay. Um, so usually I go in as a keynote SEO speaker and um, go in and the objective is to understand what who the audience are. Because unless I understand who the audience are, I can't tailor my talk yeah. to that audience and... It's very, very important as a speaker, the language you use. So the language I'm going to use and the way I say things is going to be totally different in front of a group of business owners than it is in front of a group of professional SEOs. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, and so do you like <clears throat> pitch to uh, to talk on those events, or are you do you get invited? Uh, both, I think it, it, a lot of it's done through LinkedIn. I uh -huh. also um, have like agents as well uh, okay. through speaker agencies. Okay, get so, me to work. and can you share if that's okay, like more or less how much can you get paid, like for example, from what amount to what amount for for speaking in, in such a conference? Right, again, it depends, depends. on the conference, yeah. but, but you're talking four figures, okay. you're talking uh, mid four figures. Okay. Um, obviously, if it's an online gig, and it's virtual, then, you know, you, you're looking maybe 1500. Makes sense. Okay. So we talked about you being an SEO training, SEO speaker. What else was there? Uh, advisor. Advisor. So like, do you advise like companies with specific SEO problems? They come to you or what is it exactly in this aspect is this area? Yeah. It, again, like Depends. everything I do, it's varied. Um, I can basically go into a company and help them to interview if mm -hmm. they're taking people on in-house. Um, I help advising problem solving, but mainly it's about businesses who have an existing team, but they need direction. So okay. what I do is give that team direction. You could say a monthly job list. Uh -huh. And it's yeah. my job uh, to push that team closer and closer to that than business goals. And okay. as an advisor, that's how I help businesses uh, through that role. Do I go into the website and optimize the titles and things myself? No, I don't. Because 
that's not uh, as valuable for my time. You know, yeah. it, it's about going into businesses that has got I a love team, all things. Has got a team. Maybe they just need a little bit of direction. You know, and I give that team the direction. So what's next? You currently do three things. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I want to learn as much as possible because you're a very interesting figure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. What What can I say? I, yeah. I, I wrote a book, the business side of SEO. Oh, tell me more about this. Yeah. Um, again, uh, I've always wanted to write a book, but I didn't want to write a book based on techniques, SEO mm -hmm. techniques, because I wanted to write something that will have long-term value. Yeah, evergreen content. And what over the years, I've had so many people contact me who are very good at doing SEO and gone freelance, say, or set their own agency up but don't understand all the business side of it or, you know, driving leads, managing teams, doing all that aspect. And uh, basically, I just asked what questions you want answering relating to the business side. And next thing, this the book sort of was produced. Oh, and, I'd uh, love to read this one. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not a massive book. It's jam pack full of um actionable tips basically it's it's my own story so oh. it's in a way it's my own story about what i have tried what is really what i've wasted a lot of money on all my failures and all the success things so mm -hmm. it's an honest, you know, it's not to say I'm this big person and I, you know, you'll generate yeah. 20 million pound or it's not about that. It's just honest um, story and journey based on, well, this is how I generated leads. This is how I found the best to convert leads. Um, and the biggest takeaway within the book, I think people's realized was, I realized that if you ask for a budget up front, mm -hmm. then the sales process is a lot easier. Oh. Because so many people and agencies waste their time and many, many hours producing uh, SEO plans that basically never go anywhere because of money. And when you present, when you pitch to a company, they're not going to say, well, we can't afford it because they don't want to be seen to be, you know, tight or they, mm -hmm. they don't want to admit they can't afford things. So if you talk to uh, that business first and understand, well, okay, well, SEO's like a piece of string. There's no end, you know, to say we have clients who pay £1,000 a month and we have clients who pay £25,000 a month. Which end of the scale are you on? I'm only asking because 
then we can put something together, streamline to your budget. That's a very good tip. Okay, and the book, can it be bought on Amazon? Yes, it's, uh, well, I published it way back in September 2017. And it gets sales every single month since. There hasn't a month gone by where I haven't had sales. In fact, when I launched, it went to bestseller status in both the US and the UK in three categories. Oh, that's nice. I am definitely adding it to my list. Okay, you said you shared some failures and some successes there. Can you share some of your biggest failures? Oh, yes. Um, Please do. Yeah. I think, again, it's not just listening to people and Mm -hmm. following the crowd is the biggest failure because what works for one business might not work for another. Yeah. You know, you can waste a lot of money going down uh, a road just because somebody else is successful at it, that basically it's the wrong path for you. you yeah. know? I mean, I've, I've done that many times, um, basically that, I mean, building teams up as well, you know, uh-huh. is building a team up. It's like, well, you look at it and the structure of, the business, the agency is not right. Uh-huh. You know, you think, well, okay, we we get all these clients and you build the team up, then suddenly the clients cancel for whatever reason, whether you've done a fantastic job or not, they, they just cancel. It's just percentage will cancel. Then what happens to them people in the team? So you'll get into a situation where it's, you know, it's hard to manage. And I think scaling the agency and the business is hard uh-huh. without solid, solid contracts in place. Uh-huh. And I think that it's all learnings and all um, things that you you go through, a learning process in that scenario. Because every single thing I've done over the past 20 odd years I've never borrowed any money at all, not one penny. It's Uh all been my own money I've I've reinvested into everything. So so I've always been, well, if I'm going to test something, I'm going to test it with my own money. I'm not going to ask somebody else or the bank for a lot of money to see if something works. I'm going to do it myself. Mm -hmm. And that, yeah, has it always worked? No. Have I made lots of money? Yes. Have I lost lots of money? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Okay. And do you currently own an agency or a company? Uh, No. You're a freelancer kind of right now, right? Kind of. It's just just me. Um, I do have a couple of people who do, you know, do things for me to maintain things and keep things going uh, but it's mainly the um, SEO training speaking and advising because uh-huh. I can't replicate myself you know and one thing's for sure I never want to build an agency up ever ever again and can you tell me why uh, because 
I was always at bottom of the barrel. Uh huh. Okay. So I was the last person I needed to think about, mm-hmm. and I spent a lot. I spent day and night building something up for other people. So I was building something up for the clients to make the clients' businesses very successful. I was building the business up to ensure that all the team was paid well. I was building the business up, you know, to for other people. And at the end of the month, then once everybody else was paid, you think, well, is there enough left for me? Uh-huh. You know, and I just think, I just sat back and thought one day, well, I'm, I'm literally working night and day, seven days a week, and it's my family that's suffering because of the time I haven't been able to spend with them. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and when I look at the money side of it, it just wasn't, it, it just, no amount of money is worth that sacrifice. Because like at some point when I was still working at the agency, I thought that my next step would be probably to create my own, set up my own SEO agency, start hiring people. After like I started my website, I started getting my own clients. I realized that I will probably omit that step and I will simply like transition to being a freelancer, which I did. And I think at least now that this was a good move. Because I saw working at the agency, what it looked like for agency owners. And I think I, I understand what you're talking about. So, Yeah, I mean, an, another, another side of it is when you are the agency owner, it's your baby. You yeah. have so much passion for it. And that passion comes out in client meetings. It comes out in the knowledge you have to look at things. Now, the team might have passion anyway, but they don't think about things in the same way. Yeah. You know, it really is a different mindset. And when I speak to the clients, he said, Mark, well, we've come with your agency because of you and what you know and what you've done. You know, but... I'm talking to this person over here, mm. you know, and suddenly you pulled in different directions. And yeah. um, so you see, the, at least when I was freelancing, it was me. I'd personally go into a business. I'd personally talk to them. They, they, they like that. Yes, they paid a premium because it was me working on their account. But that they didn't mind that. Yeah. What what usually happens in agency land is companies, you know, agree a certain figure, mm-hmm. and you sometimes I'm not saying in all agencies, but sometimes that account, if it's not a well known brand, gets uh, serviced by the juniors. Yeah. You know, but the client's still paying you know, for for what they think is your knowledge. Yeah, and, for you, right? Yeah. And I think that's that's the, the difference. And, 
yes, I've run agencies and I'm, I'm just too old to have the, <laughs> the hassle anymore. I see. And if you, I know you, you did everything from different angles of SEO, but can you name like your fa- favorite area of SEO that you are most interested in? Uh, Hard to say. It depends. Yeah. Like I say, it's to understand things. The thing is with being a trainer, you can't turn up at a company and and they ask you a question and you think, well, I have a clue because I've never done it. So I've spent spent night and day doing link building. I've spent night and day doing technical stuff. I've spent night and day doing content. You know, I've, I've, I've done these things. I think that what excites me about SEO is making a difference. It's having the ability to make a difference. It's not, it's not the content or link building or technical or internal structure makes, you know, makes me happy or I enjoy most. It's the end goal. It's the ability to do what needs to be done in order to make a difference. Because what people don't understand is it's not just data. You're not just making the numbers go up for that business. They forget and think about the people that work in that business. You're making a positive difference to their lives. You're helping to keep those people in a job. You're helping that business to recruit more people. Yeah. You know, and that's for me, it's making a diff the ability to make a real difference to real people's lives that excites me about SEO. Yeah, I love that. I'm going to put that quote somewhere, like in the title or something. Yeah, I like it very much. Okay, and now, because this is what I have been doing, because recently I have rebranded myself and uh, I was working with Jason Barnard and I know you did a similar thing. Can you tell me briefly, like, how, why did you change and how the process looked like? Well, I'd love to give you a very big technical story, but it was an accident. Now, okay. What it, what it was, I received lots and lots of uh, messages on LinkedIn all the time from various things. And I got fed up of filtering all the spam automation from the genuine messages. So one day I thought, well, if I just put my middle initial in my front name, anytime a message comes through that says Mark A, it's automated. And... That's literally how it started. Okay. Then I sort of looked at the whole landscape because Mark Preston has a name. I mean, there's um, a reporter for CNN, Mark Preston, you know, then I typed in Mark A. Preston. I thought, oh, I could stand out more Uh for Mark A. Preston. At the time... I was using a personal brand called Mark Preston SEO, right? Then I thought, well, okay, we've got the Mark A Preston bit, the A in the middle of my name, but what if Mark A Preston wants to venture 
into other areas of marketing in the future. Having a brand called Mark Preston SEO, I can't do that. It's solely within the SEO arena. But rebranding under Mark A Preston, I can do other things that, yes, it's related because we never know what opportunities crop up in the future. You know, and that's how it sort of started. Then I, I sort of contacted Jason Barnard and said, look, I've got this old brand and this new brand. And how do I get everything from there across so people know it's the same person? And, and I didn't realize the amount of effort that goes into uh, branding yeah. on service. It is immense. And yes, I work with Jason Barnard and his team who can you know, look for all the mentions of my old brand. And I spent many, many, many hours contacting them sites and said, look, uh, you know, I've, I've rebranded. Can you just change this and link, link to this and, you know, do that? Uh, so the crossover to my new brand then. So in my head, I thought, oh, all I'm going to do is redirect the website and everything will be good. But yeah. it, well, it, it's a whole different entity. Um, but the work involved is, is very much worthwhile. I had a similar thing. I also thought I will change it where I can, my website, LinkedIn, Twitter, and that's all done. But at the same time, I was also like talking to Jason and when they actually sent me the list, the to-do list of things they found, the things I should change, I was like astonished that there are so many mentions, so many articles I didn't even realize. And for me, this was a bit unfortunate because I had this assignment of changing and I changed as much as I could. And then I went for a vacation and I finished the rest around after a month later. And now at the time we are recording, I still have two knowledge panels with the old name and with the new one. We are waiting how it's going to be resolved, but I didn't do it exactly in the correct way. How about you? Did you like change everything in one, two days? Like Jason advised I've us? changed as much as possible straight away yeah. all at once. And um, how long did it take you to, for example, update your knowledge panel? Uh, a full two weeks going oh. through everything. Yeah, that's nice. It's, you know, when you're making contact and re-establishing old uh, relationships and everything, it, it does take a bit of time, but it was well worth doing it. Uh, yes, I didn't get every single thing sorted, but yeah, yeah. I got more sorted than not. When was it? Oh, I uh, can't remember. About a year back. I, I can't uh -huh. remember now, to be honest. Sure. I'm also getting so many messages on LinkedIn that I am not even able to respond, to read them even actually and maybe i should also think about some automation in that respect can you now tell me this is the question i ask everyone how does your normal day look like uh, there isn't a normal day that, <laughs> that that's the one day i can be down london on the stage uh -huh. the next day i can be online training the next day 
I can be in a, a company um, advising. It's that it's doing different things that excites me. Okay, okay. So you don't have like a routine, like because like I usually I usually have like most of my days. I think they look similar, except for when I am kind of somewhere away. Okay, and can you recommend, in addition to your books, some SEO books to read, some resources you you recommend? I'll tell you what, not an SEO book, but uh-huh. this one. Exactly what to say. Okay. Yes. Now, this book, uh, it's all about words and the way to say things. Uh And within SEO, especially with the helpful content update, it's very good to understand how to say things in order to, to connect with people on that emotional level. And it's not directly about SEO, but the impact from them learnings has had a massive positive impact on SEO. Okay. Yeah, so I'm adding this book to my list too. Okay, so talking about words, talking about Google Helpful Content Update, I need to ask you about your thoughts on AI in SEO, ChatGPT, your experiences so far? Yes. Um, I'd say it's the very good for ideation and research. Uh-huh. Ideation and research is where SEOs should be using these tools on. But is it can spark ideas. Yeah. It can spark things. Is it good enough to rewrite your website? No. Can you use it as a base to then add value? Yes, because you have to think about these tools, write something based on what's already written yeah. in the public domain. The whole objective with the content on your website is to add value to what's already out there. Now, if you just use the content that it spits out, it's not adding that value. So all you are is just another site in the big crowd. Yeah, repeating the things that have already Yeah, you just say it in a different way. It's the same information. Uh, Obviously, there's the whole fact-checking side of things. But again, it it is about the a lot of SEO is about the content, you know, and that's the differentiator that that I personally found that you need to focus more on in order to generate the biggest impact because a lot of content, even that ranks well, doesn't have that emotional connection. So it's not going to serve a purpose. And I don't think tools are at that level yet. I'm not saying they'll never be. It's just that, you know, we're two, three years until that point, I think. Based on your huge experience, expertise, 
what are your predictions regarding, because now Google announced BART being added ChatGPT to their search results. What do you think is going to happen in the nearest future, in the nearest years regarding search SEO? I think the industry is going to go stupid uh-huh. and there's no reason behind it. Basically, when you are looking at the future, is the one thing that sticks out is if Google are going to have what I call um, an exceeded uh, click zero thing. So mm-hmm. feature snippet. So where the yeah. feature snippet, like for question-based uh, things, you know, the, the, it, the saying this bard is for answering that, which is going to dramatically reduce the click-through rate for many sites. Now, what SEOs need to do, they need to work with it and they need to come up with content that you cannot just answer. Yeah. You know, look for things, look for the opportunities rather than thinking negatively about AI. It's here. It's not going to go away. We have to work with with it. Rather than try to find fight it. <clears throat> yes. I mean okay. that, that it's always the case within within the industry is things do change and you have to understand it, but look for the opportunities that it possesses. Okay, and overall looking at the SEO industry, what's going on there, what do you think in general is the area of SEO we should be focusing on more? now in 2023 and moving forward is it ai or hey you see this is the problem yeah. SEO shouldn't be focusing on ai ai yeah. is just a thing yeah the it's tool. just there seo should always always be focusing on the business goal the problem is some shiny new thing turns up in the industry and SEOs get, you know, they get blinded, think, oh, well, you know, it's all about this. It's all about chat GPT. It's all about this. We, we need to structure things. No, just always, always, no matter what's out there, the number one aim for SEOs is to uh, see how you can get, help that business get closer and faster to their business goals. Yeah, sure, but it's there are like new that. trends appearing, new new things, and sometimes those like focusing on those things more can actually yeah. help you move the yeah. needle. Yeah, and it's the saying business. that like for certain case studies that get written, most of the time there is no context behind them. So maybe because you uh-huh. don't know if that case study has been um, written based on brands that everybody knows. So if you're working on a brand that's very well known, you can sneeze and get 100 links. Yeah. You know, just stop it. You know, it's, I won't say which article it is, but I remember uh, a well-known person publishing an article and next thing I know, I see all these websites with Mm -hmm. a number and brackets in the title of every single page. 
you know, just don't, just cause something works for one thing doesn't mean it's right for yours. You need to understand and question everything. Okay. So where can people find you? What's the best place to connect with you? I guess it's not LinkedIn or is it? Yeah. LinkedIn or Twitter is the two main places or, um, my website is markapreston.com. Any final thoughts for the audience? Oh, just don't be blinded. Just think about what's really important and question everything you do. If you don't understand the why you're doing it, don't do it. Yeah, simple. Okay. Okay, thank you, Mark, so much. Thank, thank you, everyone. You. And we'll be talking next week. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye.